The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey everybody, I'm John St. John, the voice of Duke Nukem and Big the Cat and a whole bunch of other crazy characters from video games, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. <laughs> I know I do. Hail to the king, baby. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And we are the show that talks about computers, technology, the internet, and everything in between. And we welcome new dad Sean to the show. Yeah, Max Max is camera shy, so he's not he's not here. Yeah. Uh, well, Which congrats. is not true. He, lo- he is such really? a ham in front of the camera. Well, you've been doing these like really cool with photos. Now, you actually went to a photo studio to have these done, right? Yeah, we had uh, we went to a professional photographer studio. Um, her name's Katie, and I can share her link wherever. But um, she's a newborn photographer. That's what she specializes in. And uh, we went in. A, it was about two two and a half three hours of him getting swaddled and pictures taken. And uh, I've shared a couple with Andy and Justin. And uh, I, I Andy can post one on on our uh, on the website if cool. he wants, which is fine. Yeah. And uh, you guys can see how how cute my kid is. Just adorable. So have you been having fun? I mean, this is your first trip down Fatherhood Lane. This is, um, yeah. So this is this is the first time uh, for me and Caitlin. Um, and it's been a trip. It's, you know, there's been some frustration and there's been some crying and there's been <laughs> sleepless nights and there's been... And we're not talking about uh, the baby either. We're, we're no, talking we're talking about, about both of us. Yeah, all, all, all three of us. Uh, and, you know, just adjusting to, you know, being born and then home and then a new environment and just learning everything there is to being about a baby. Right. So it's, yeah, we're, we're learning just as much as he is. So now how is, so, you know, we talk about tech and and all of that fun stuff. How is tech played in the role of the new parents now with, with the child? I mean, how, how has that worked out for you? So I would say technology has been great. It's been a, it's been very easy to when he's sleeping, mm-hmm. if we're holding him and he's sleeping, to either browse on my phone, one handed. It's yeah. very easy to do. Yeah. Turn on streaming, Netflix. I've watched several shows almost all the way through. Just while you're holding on to him. Just while I'm while he's sleep, while he's snoozing, right? And then yeah. sometimes I fall asleep too and keep <laughs> watching or whatever. But it's been great. Like I've I've got, I've got books on my phone so I can read. Instead of having to hold a book, I could just now flip through my phone, which was uh, a lot of these tech things came recommended by other friends who have had kids or have kids now that are like, this is something you're going to want to do, right? You're going to want to have books on your phone. You're going to want to have music on your phone. You're going to want to have um, lullaby music on your phone. Yep. You're going to want to be able to have um, the ability to take pictures and record videos and send those uh, images to your friends and family. Uh, because our parents basically are requiring a picture a day, both Caitlin and mine. So mm-hmm. it's like we're sending pictures constantly to family. Um, but just being able to uh, be stationary but be comfortable, right? Yeah. Being able to watch a show but also being able to stay connected, right? Yeah. Um, and then everybody knows I love Wise. Wise products. Wise right? products. Yeah, so, we we have a question about Wise this week. So yeah, that's so I have several Wise bulbs in our house, right? Uh, we have them in the living room. We've got them in the back room, um, and I've got their stationary floor lamp, which I can talk about that in a minute. Right, for but, for our listeners who don't know, Wise is w y z e dot com, and you know they're on the web, but but I they're I they're an sure internet they, of things like they make smart bulbs, they make cameras, all sorts of stuff. So uh, I've got a plethora of their products. Um, and so we have the wise bulbs, right? So it's very easy for me to, if I'm sitting there, I don't want to get up, wake him up, mm-hmm. just open the app, turn the lights off in the living room. Now it's dark. Or adjust the light so it's not too bright. Or if Caitlin's on one side of the living room and I'm on the other, turn my light off but keep hers on so she can read or do whatever or eat or whatever. And you can do so this but, all from your smartphone. Yeah, all from our smartphone. We also have, when we upgraded our phones... We took Caitlin's old iPhone 7, and I have it mounted to the wall in the living room hmm. so that she can just go over. Instead of – if she doesn't have her phone on her, she can just walk over to the wall and now tap her old – you know, the Wise app, pull it up, and turn on the lights or turn the temperature up or uh, – Now, you're able to do this with an old iPhone device um, without it having service but still using the Wi-Fi capabilities. Because it's connected to my Wi-Fi. Perfect. 
Yeah, so it still technically uses the cloud, right? Because that's how Wise infrastructure is built. It doesn't – it's not locally controlled, right? Yeah. It still sends a command out to the cloud and then sends it to my device, whatever. That's a, a topic of complaint for many Wise users, which I hope they rectify down the road. But it's been great because it's it's – it's ease, right? It's it's yeah. a sense of ease. It's a sense of, oh, I don't have to get up to turn the light off. Now he's awake. Now he's crabby, right? Um, and then it's also I can either adjust the temperature or I can uh, turn the lights out on the porch on if we're expecting a package or things like that. So it's just been great to have those smart bulbs and uh, the availability to do that. Now, I've talked about how I don't like smart houses before, right? Yeah. So we don't still don't have an an echo or an ammo, you know, whatever. So we still can't talk to our house because that's right. stupid, in my opinion. <laughs> but we can we can still control certain devices from our phones, which we're fine with, right? Yeah. I still don't talk to my phone. And say, hey Siri, turn on. Like that's I, I think that's silly. Yeah. But the other thing is is Wise made a freestanding floor lamp, like a desk lamp that had a gooseneck and it was had a little knot, you know. Like a, a, a uh, controller that was magnetic so you could mount it to the wall or mount it to your desk or whatever. But I had it at my desk down here. It, it was serving a purpose. I didn't lit up my desk. It was nice. And when we first got home from the hospital, we were spending a lot of time upstairs in the bedroom, just sleeping. Caitlin was, Caitlin was uncomfortable. So it was a lot of, she fed in the bed, she went right back to sleep. She fed in the bed. Yeah. So it was a lot of spent time in the bedroom where in the bedroom, we only have the light switch on the wall that controls the overhead light. So I was like, you know what? I ran down to the basement, grabbed this floor lamp, ran upstairs, took it upstairs, and I took the gooseneck and I pointed it straight up to the ceiling. Right. And then now if we adjust it, it's just a nice bounced light throughout the whole house, throughout the whole room. Um, and I took one of the magnetic, like the steel, like they have a metal ring for the wise cams that you can stick oh, yeah. to windowsills or wherever. I took one of those. And the sticky part was was gone. I don't know what happened to it. But I took th command strips, st stuck those to the back, stuck the other end of the wall, stuck it to the wall right above our bed. Right. So now if we get up and we need a little bit of light, just reach up and tap the tap the thing, turns on the floor. Oh, that's perfect. So it's 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 perfect for that. I mean, there's a lot of floor lamps. Like it's not just wise that makes floor lamps, right? It's like you could have any type of floor lamp that does this. Just I happen to have this one, and it just happened to work. So. Uh, that's been really great, um, and uh, that's really only the why. The, really, the only wise things that are have been beneficial. You know, I have my camera still. Those are those are great too. But yeah, uh, they're still why, announced. They, I think today at record time they announced a new product today, which they've been the quiet air purifier. For. Air purifier. So it's like one of the big home purifiers you could buy it. You know, they sell them at Home Depot and Lowe's and, uh, and pretty much anywhere. But now this is one one from Wise. Yeah, they they wise over the last two or three months has kind of really thrown a couple curveballs at the community, right? Mm -hmm. they, they started as a company that had cameras, like that was it. They had cameras, cameras and doorbells and uh, locks and sensors, and now all of a sudden they they have a gun safe, which was <laughs> completely. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> I, I I saw that. I was like, who is running the marketing team over there? Like, I mean. I get it. They they probably have metrics that show that this is something people want in their homes, and they're looking to be a whole home service, not just cameras and stuff. But right. that just was completely out of uh, out of the blue. So I, I was I will not buy one of those because uh, we don't we don't yeah. own a handgun. But um, yeah, and then the the air purifier came out, and it's they say it's re significantly priced lower than the competitors. Yeah. We have an air purifier that we bought for less than what we paid for Wise, uh, so I don't, don't know where they're getting. They must be looking at the high end ones compared to like the the lower end or the entry level models for air purifiers. Now I have a I have a customer that um, bought some Wise cams. Uh, they got the Wise Cam Outdoor version. What was it, version three is what they were up to. It's uh, not too long ago, maybe about a year ago, and they uh, they had reached out to me because they said that they had bought. These wise cams, and they used to get video, 12 seconds of video when it was triggered. And um, they even have an SD card inside. It's not recording to the SD card. And now Wise has kind of changed that. Instead of getting them 12 seconds of video, they give them a still photo. 
And yeah, so Wise changed their business model on this a little bit, and it kind of stirred the community up a little bit. They offered originally at first 12 seconds of recording in the cloud for free. Mm-hmm. Okay, then they started offering something called Cam Plus, which is where you got uh, longer recordings, the, their AI, their face, you know, people tracking and package tracking, pet tracking, all that stuff, right? But it was like $1.99 per camera per month. Right. Or you could pay yearly for X number of licenses, whatever. Then they said, oh, so now we're introducing Cam Plus Lite. Okay. But you have to enroll in it. I don't think these people enrolled in it. If That's you why. want the 12 second video, okay. you have to enroll in it. But what, what people are mad about is that, that there, there's a fee involved. Yeah. But it's a pay what you want. Ah. So you can go in and say, I want Cam Plus Lite on all my cameras, and I'm going to pay you $1 per camera per month. Right. Or I'm going to pay you nothing. Or Even if you said, take- I'll pay you a penny? <laughs> they you would. could. It's, it's, uh, my understanding is this: whatever you want, right? I have Cam Plus on all my cameras because I prefer it because it's. I think it's just easier to use, and I don't care paying for it because it's not that expensive to me. Right. And I've only got five, six cameras total, I think. Right. Um, and it's worth it to me, right? I get uh, the longer recordings, and I have SD cards in all of them too. Now, if you have SD cards in all of them. That doesn't limit your local recordings. You can still set it up to record to the SD cards locally. Right. So people that were complaining that, oh, you have to do this, you don't have to. If you want the cloud-based storage where you can get the 12 seconds that goes to the cloud, yeah, you have to have it. But if you want your local storage so you can do time lapses or you can do your own storage, you don't have to have the campless light. But for $1.99 so, a month, that's cheaper than... The plan that they have, I think with um, with Google with with the Google Nest, I think that plan is, I want to say sixty five bucks a year, but you can have a multitude of devices. Yeah, I'm not sure what the other competitors yeah. are. Right, it's like I I know other cameras and services exist. It's just I just use Wise. Like I, yeah. it works for me. I don't feel the need to have to jump to a new ecosystem and learn ring or nest or uh these other camera systems that are out there so uh, i'm just looking up the wise pro yeah cost and and see yeah and that's if you have again that's if you have a bunch of devices and you want to do that and you want to get that longer recording time that would be kind of a way to go and save the videos and and all of that yeah so cam plus which is what i have is a dollar 25 per camera and you can bill it annually all right and that gives you a bunch of, uh, you know, all, it gives you basically all of the available uh, person detection, package detection, vehicle detection, pet detection, um, wise web view, so you can view it from the web. Um, and the basic plan just gives you a snapshot, just takes a picture. Yeah. And you have to, gives you a cool down between recordings. Yeah. You don't get so, that with Cam Plus, do you? Do you get that cool down? No, it's you can do it can do back to back. Yeah. Oh, so that's if, good. If, if it triggers, yeah. So yeah, the cooldown uh, it can be what is it? Twelve minutes? Five minutes. Five yes. minutes. Sorry, five minute cooldown. So and then Cam Plus Light. I don't actually even see Cam Plus Light on their website to kind of give you a breakdown of what that is. Yeah. Um, but you just go to wise.com if you're interested in learning about it. Uh, Wait. Okay. So this is interesting because we we actually got an email a couple of weeks ago, and you've been out for a couple of weeks, of course, with the birth of the baby of Max. Um, Wanting to know if, since we had talked so much about WISE, were we going to address the WISE, as they said, controversy? Uh, I remember in the email, it said controversy, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm sorry. But I do remember it came from a guy named Steve that's listening. So thanks, Steve, for listening. So now that we have Sean here, we can kind of kind of ask to give a little info about that. And as you said, the WISE community has had so many things to be talking about. One of them, though, actually kind of ticked off a lot of people with their first Wise version one cameras. Yeah, so if you're on the web and you're a tech tech person, you, you follow variety of websites, right? Mm-hmm. There was one specific blog website that just their title of their article is just "I'm done with Wise," mm-hmm. and it it had shown this is a different picture from the last I saw it had shown a picture of the the blogger with their Wise cams in a garbage can. 
Oh man, that's saying now, it. now it just shows a stock image of Y scams apparently. Maybe because it um, got explained to them. Yes, I think that's what happened. So, anyways, Wise had a vulnerability, um, and it was brought to light by a security research firm called Bitdefender, who they look for vulnerabilities in, within companies, and yeah. then they bring it up to that company and say, "Hey, we found a vulnerability. What do you want to do with it?" Right. We can help you get it, or we can just public, publicly claim that you have the vulnerability, yada, yada. They held on to this vulnerability for three years. Three years. That's so, a long time. So 2019 is when Bitdefender said, hey, you guys have an issue with um, your Wisecam. So Wisecam version one had a vulnerability in its home security cameras that would theoretically – see, they've even changed the wording in this article since yeah. the last time I read it – let hackers access your video feeds over the internet. Which is not technically true, true, isn't it? I don't know. But you had to have access to the network locally. So it wasn't an in between. It wasn't like from what's going from the Wise Cam to the router to spread yeah. out. It it was actually you have to actually have access to that router yeah. to have been able to uh, to take take advantage of this this fault. Yeah, it even says that. Uh, even since I published this editorial, several people have reached out, explained the issue isn't nearly as bad as you might have imagined. The hackers would likely have to be inside your home network, or you would have to have made an egregious mistake by configuring your firewall or network to provide internet access to the camera's virtual ports. Mm. I mean, that, did, if, if you're a generic Wise user, that was not going to happen. Right. It's not set up to do it by default. You have to have some level of networking knowledge to do that. Um, and so it... Everybody blew this up and said, whoa, Wisecam, vulnerability, right? Well, I think because of the price, people were always looking for, there's got to be a problem here. I yeah. mean, we, when when Justin at first started learning about Wise, we remember he thought they were an offshore company entirely. And that yeah. was not the fact. It was started by a couple of guys that, that left Amazon. Yeah, so the, the big issue here is that Wise didn't come publicly forward with this in 2019, right? They simply just discontinued the version one. And still sold the version two, and then the version three, and then the pancake, you know, all that. You but know, they kind of patched the problem with two. And, right. Yeah. But they didn't fully patch version two and version three until January 29th of this year. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Y says they've fully corrected the issue, but it's been only, only corrected on newer versions of the camera, right? So, mm -hmm. they haven't even, it's almost like it version one camera was sunset and they're no longer providing security patches right right like windows xp but how bad does a vulnerability have to get for a company to provide a security patch for something that old yeah. like microsoft had to do for xp yep. right so it i don't think i'm not discouraged by it right because the the level of the vulnerability is far beyond the average user for wise like it, there have been I have not heard of anybody that's been, had their device remotely no. configured and their videos downloaded and stuff. And then you have the people that are saying, well, it's, it's, you know, people are stealing videos of my kids and videos of my house, you know, inside my house. Well, for one, if you have security cameras that are pointing to sensitive areas of your house, that's a but problem you think about using that. that as a security, right? Yeah. It should be outward facing so you can see activity on the outside of your house, right? You sh but it is what it is, right? So I have a, I have a friend of mine that has uh, a security camera in his bedroom that is pointing at their bed. And to me, that was like, eh, that's kind of creepy. And they have one in the bathroom, too. To me, that was like kind of because they have a window in the bathroom. And to me, that was just like, no, that's. Well, uh, yeah, it's like, OK, the only one that's really viewable in our in our house is I've got a it sits on a bookshelf in the back room that looks out and sees our back slider glass door and that's mm -hmm. all you can see right you can't see into the kitchen you can't see it's just like if somebody were to walk into the glass door it detects a person yeah right motion detected if the slider opens right but that's it it's like it's not not actively showing you my living room or while we're watching television or the bathroom where you can see me doing my business right yeah. that, that's silly yeah. right but if you're if you're doing that who'd want to see that <laughs> sorry sean it's the internet <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's people a, would want to. See there's that. a market. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so should you dump your wise cameras? No. My opinion, no. Should you not 
do things to your network beyond your skill level? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then there's also the other issues that Wise has had with they had a major disconnect a couple months ago where all the devices went offline. And I hope that Wise is looking for a future base station that is local, that has that has the ability to have a hard drive plugged into it that could do local storage. Yeah. That even though they're wirelessly connected, like it could be a wireless base just like it is now, but the ability for me to do it locally. Yeah. So that if that I do lose, always there. Yeah. That so if I do lose Wi-Fi or I do lose the internet, my cameras are still doing their thing, but locally to a hub. Yeah, because in essence, and for anybody listening, has still been on the fence about putting a camera system, you know, through ours. And I think also this is the other thing, Sean, is planning where your cameras are. Don't just you get it. I'm going to sit on this table. Plan what coverage they have. Ours is like a matrix. We got one facing one way, another one facing another way. Tr- trying not to get overlap. There, there is a case where it, it it does overlap, but again, we've got that full coverage, so we always can get that monitor, that detection. We added the most recent one to a room that is just a storage room, but at least we have it there because there is a window there. But nobody can get through the window because there's stuff blocking the window. So again, I think it's planning out. Number one, number two, like everything, it's all about updating. We the the recent Google uh, Chrome patch, which you may have heard of, Google had to issue a patch, but it had it, just, it was affecting billions of Google Chrome users, and the fact is, people aren't updating their devices. Now we we tend to sometimes be forced into a Windows, obviously, a, a, like a, a Windows patch where you have to do it, and you're forced to. Google is not as forthright on that and it's not them it's just people aren't updating and you'll see people using chrome for a long time without ever checking to see if there is an update same goes with all of our network devices our routers they may not ask you for it but it doesn't hurt to take you know maybe a couple of hours you know on the weekend or whatever let's see if there's any patches i need to do yeah i mean security's security is never internet security is never not going away right it's it's going to forever be a growing industry, right? As infrastructure and the internet grows and grows and grows and grows, so does the security, right? As more people learn how to be white hats or red hats or black hats, right? Security has to grow. So that is, if you have a business, security is at your forefront. That has to be your number one priority, right? And it's, I push this a lot, right? Not only network security, but physical security, right? Because if yeah. you have lacking physical security, all it takes is for somebody to read your passwords you wrote down, mm-hmm. and then they have access to your network. It doesn't doesn't matter how good your network security is if somebody can get access to it. So just being vigilant about not writing your passwords down, not emailing your passwords, not texting your passwords, not storing them in a Google Doc, like using a password manager, like being vigilant about your own internet security is going to be important, right? And in the early 2000s, it was all about identity theft, right? Yeah. How often do you see identity theft stuff anymore? You don't because it's your whole identity now. It's not just your identity. It's everything. It's your car keys. It's your cell phone. It's it's not just your identity anymore. It's everything you own is connected to the internet now. It's not just your ID that's on the internet. It's everything. Your banks, your – so it's just like you have to be somewhat vigilant about your internet security. Well, you know, um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. And I'll, I'll bring this up again because um, this happened just recently. You know, I've been uh, trying to find maybe a, a little job to do during the day. Uh, you know, when I'm done in the morning at KJVY, then I, I do my other things. I have some time during the day. So I've been applying at places and I've been getting, you know, the, the information here. You know, here's a job for you, uh, whether it be Indeed or uh, Phil over at ZipRecruiter <laughs> or any of the other ones. But I'll get them once in a while. And now I, I'm not, I'm getting from companies I've never seen before. And like, I just had one the other day filling out the application. They're asking for my social security. They won't let you proceed until you put your social security number in. And I'm sorry, don't do it. It's not worth it. If that won't let you get past the process online, then you don't want that job because you don't want to give your social security number out anywhere. Now you hire me. I'll give you that social security number 
or you get me an interview, I might give that to you so you can do a background check or the information. But it is something to remember. Be very careful with the information that you're getting online. You know, you you put out that you're looking for a job. It goes, it, data, data is fed everywhere. And all these companies, oh, this person's looking for a job. This person's looking for a job. And then uh, you fill out that information. And next thing you know, your information, your identity is in harm's way. And that comes all the way back to your digital identity as well. And it's like you said, physical, digital, they've kind of merged together. And what you do in the physical world can affect your digital world as well. Yeah, I, like I said, I just think that's going forward. That's just as everything becomes connected, it's just you've got to be on top of it. So the, the wise issue, though, with the, the version one, then it's, it's been taken care of. People who. People don't have, they don't sell version one. You, the only one you can get is the most recent. Yeah, one. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, I can't. It doesn't say exactly when they stopped selling it, but it's been a significant amount of time since they stopped selling the version one. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking about Wisecamp since well before that. Um, and I don't even think I have a version one. I don't even know. I'd have to go look. I might have I somewhere all, in a closet. I think somewhere. mine all might be. I think all mine are version two or above, just because yeah. I got into it when version two was out. The most I recent know. one I, I got know. was a pan tilt, which I love, which is yeah, an indoor Yeah, I bricked one. mine. Did you brick your? How did you do that? I got a version two pan tilt, and <laughs> I try. I thought I could load the RTSP firmware onto it, and I think I bricked it. Well, that's not good. Now, for so those I listeners who don't know I what that means. I have to try and flash the... Uh, that means he killed it. <laughs> yeah, I killed it. So, we'll see. I'll have to see. But um, I'm still very thrilled with the RTSP firmware on the two version threes I put it on because I can see them from my computer without having to go to the app. And um, like I said, I, it, I don't. I think Wise can do it where they give you a central hub, whether it's hardware-based or it's software-based, right? And you can store it locally on your computer. The ability to do it locally because if you have an outage, you still want to be feel secure. Hopefully that is something that they'll they'll do. That hope, would be good. I hope so. Now, hope so. I'm wondering, though, when it comes to baby monitors, I remember when my, my daughter had uh, gave birth to her, her son, uh, my grandson, August, back uh, six months ago. That's his name. It's not the month he was born. Um, she, I, I got them a, and I'm trying to remember the manufacturer, uh, I think a VTech. I got a VTech um a baby monitor. Did you stick with Wise or did you get no, yourself an No, so actual- we got one as a gift and I thought I had it sitting down here because I was going to show it to you guys, but I must have taken it upstairs. We haven't set it up yet because he's either been sleeping in the bassinet right next to our bed mm-hmm. or we've been uh, he's been sleeping on us while we've been awake. So uh, we haven't had a need to set it up yet. So I was going to actually like show it to you guys on the air, unbox it and stuff at some point. But um, it's a infant optics, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, the the DX uh, the DX8 Pro. It's a it, it's it was a gift from family. So, um, it was again. If if you're planning on having kids or you are expecting kids, talk to your friends and your family about what they use because they are the beta testers for this stuff, right? It's like mm-hmm. we got a lot of recommendations on products based on this worked for our kid. Now, not everything's going to work for our kid, right? Yeah. But it's this worked for us. This is what we did. This is what we used. This is what we recommend. And some of them have been great. And some of them are like, eh, we can go without that or, or go our own way and choose our own thing. But um, it was recommended. I, I went through my whole family that had kids and said, what do you guys use for cameras? Good idea. And I got I got like six different model versions. <laughs> I went through and I looked them up, what they did, if they were internet connected or not. And this this one, I, I think it's Infant Optics, if I remember correctly. I, I have to go look at the box. But it's not an internet connected one, right? It's just a Good. local only. So there's no risk of I thought about being able to do the wise cam, right? But still just kind of sketched me out a little bit is if somebody did end up getting access to it, they could see. But um so this one will be local only. Um Which that and, means uh, is you get a little tablet that connects directly to that camera. Or yeah. or I don't know if they have an app, but then you're bringing nope, the cut nope, element it's into not, it's it. Not yeah. It's 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 straight to the receiver only. So so you can have that uh, by the bed or by the by the sofa. You're watching TV or whatever. It could be yeah, right there. And it's easily portable. So when we go camping, perfect. So I could just put that in the camper and be out by the campfire and see the monitor. Uh, this is the same one that one of my cousins has for their son, who is about about to turn a year old, and they had it up camping. So. I, 
if you can get your hands on stuff too, it really helps too. Cause it's like, if you'd like something and you get hands on it, it's allows you to kind of get a feel for if you're going to like it or not. Cause you, you don't think design or ergonomics is going to play a, a play part into making a decision on things, but it really does. Yeah. Especially if, when if you're it, holding if you a don't baby. like the way yeah. it looks or you don't like the way it feels, or you don't like the way the audio looks or, or the audio sounds or the video looks, it's going to be a no go. Right. But so I had hands on it. Um, his family is the one that they all put the money in together to get it for us. So it was really great. Um, and I, I feel bad that I don't have the box sitting down here anymore, but <laughs> I lose, I lose track of everything. Now that- <laughs> all right. We got to take a quick break. We come back. Um, Justin isn't here. And if he was, when uh, Sean shares the new toy he got, he might get a little upset. Uh, we'll tell I'm you. really excited to make him upset. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. I don't even know what it is. I just know what it's about. And I'm pretty excited. So we'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. Find us on the web, techtalkradio.com. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. So uh, before the break, we were talking about something that I <laughs> purchased that is going to make Andy and Justin extremely envious and I myself feel extremely lucky to be able to get this at this price. Um, oh, I know. That's, that, the, like, part, that's the part that's going to get me is the price. Everybody knows I like to build computers. And I, I went through this huge project with a friend of mine where his uncle had passed and we got all of his equipment and we went through and parted it and sold it and built computers that. and stuff. I helped him build a computer not that long ago. And he was talking about he's really trying to get the 3070 Ti. Ooh. Or the 3070, whatever one he got. I don't remember. Right. That's a graphics card. And he, he, he was trying, he was trying, and he was currently, he was like, he wanted to upgrade from a 3060. Yeah. What? Really? I, I, I thought, whatever. So EVGA has a priority access thing right now on their website where you can sign in, sign up, and if they have stock, you get an email, and you have 24 hours to get in and, and purchase. Oh, I didn't know that. At almost MSRP. Oh, wow. So... He calls me up and says, hey, I got the 3070. Do you want my 3060? Oh. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Now, like, for our listeners like, that don't know, 30 series, you know, they've got a 40 that's in the devel- development, a 40 series now. Uh, and word is that's, that's pretty amazing. But the 30 series has been, for the last year and a half, has been almost unobtainable unless you had a ton of money. Yeah, so scalpers, scalpers ate up the inventory, and then we're selling them at a premium online for double, if not triple, the price. Especially the 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 higher end ones, the 3090 Ti's, the Founder editions, the Ti, other Ti versions and stuff. So this is not a Ti version, right? This is just a straight up 3060, 12 gig uh, DDR5, right? So right. It's, it's going to be a huge upgrade for my 1070. Oh heck yeah! So then I ask him, how much do you want for it? <laughs> right. He says, I paid 500 for it. The lowest I'll go is three fifty. Uh, are you kidding me? That's what I spent for my ten fifty. You bought? Oh no! Oh, Justin's gonna go through the roof too. So, <laughs> I think I think it has to. You know, it's like I said. He and I have been building computers together for a while now, and I, whether it's I helped I helped him build one for a friend and stuff. So, I think it's it's maybe a little bit that I helped him build it, and, right. and I'm getting a little bit of like recouping a little bit of my time in in terms of that, but. I uh, could not pass that up. No, heck no. And uh, he's going to be delivering it tomorrow. I don't have it physically oh, yet. Oh, wow. Now, what? Now, do you know what kind of outputs it is? Is it, uh, is it uh, ports, digital ports, or? Uh, I don't, I'm sure it's got DisplayPort yeah. and HDMI. It might even have DVI. I doubt it has DVI. I don't, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know. I only have a 1070. <laughs> um, you're going to see such a massive well, it's improvement. Be, right, it's going to be, I'm going to be jumping up to ray tracing, right? Cause right. The, I have the 10 series, which doesn't have ray tracing. Right. And I was looking to even move into a 2000, a 2000 series card, right. To get ray tracing, to be yeah. able to do a little bit more stuff. And I just talked to a buddy of mine who's 2080 died on him. Right. It was, it was right. causing all sorts of errors. It was overheating. And he got lucky. And with this EVGA thing, got the 3090 TI. Oh my gosh. Really? And now he paid, he paid, a significant amount of money for that. Well, let me tell you, I was, so the other day I was in, um, I had to go to Best Buy and I'm in there and the girl comes to bring me my product, right? Cause I had ordered it online and they brought it to me and in her cart, I look and I see EVGA, right? Or it might've been MSI. And I look and I said, is that a 3000 series? 
She goes, yeah, some guy bought it. And then um, he ordered online and they canceled the order. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, it's a 12 gigabyte. Yeah. She's 3080. Uh, no, 3060. I'm sorry. It is a yeah, 3060. That's, that's the one that I'm getting is the 12 gig. <clears throat> yeah. 3060. And so this will make you feel good. I said, really? Because that, that meant that they were going to have it in stock. So I said, how much? She said, I think it's 1400 Jeez. $1,400. Because yeah. 12, you know, 12 gigabytes. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, I'll get in trouble if I buy that one. So yeah, I, I I'm did looking not. to see how much it is currently on their website. Oh, yeah. So, it's it's super pricey. The while while you know So if you go to EVGA right now, right? They have a they have the thirty sixties in stock right now. What are they going for? Four twenty nine. Are you kidding me? That's that's phenomenal. Because um so I'll tell you about my experience this past week. So and I don't know what you what do you think about this? So Justin and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the show that, you know, I have two 27 inch 60 Hertz monitors. They're Acer's the 27 series side by side. And you got that bezel in the mirror, the middle, and you've got the two stands, you've got two power plugs, you've got two DVI connectors that are plugging into it and they work good for me. Now, one of them, I have to wrap on the top of the monitor once in a while, when I start getting noise lines in it and then it goes away. So, but it, they've been working. But, I, you know, I've been constantly looking at the 49-inch 40, ultra-wides, which are available. Now, they make a 34-inch ultra-wide. They make um, a 30. I think they make a 39-inch. But the 49-inch basically is two 27-inch monitors side-by-side side in one screen. And so I thought about it. And I kept thinking about it. And finally, you know, I had a little extra money saved up. And so I, I went to... Um, Amazon, and I saw it there for $1,100. And you know, the discussion uh, that we had at the time was, you know, you, you always want to buy it from a, a local store, and I do support our local vendors, but you want to do that because that way if there's something wrong, you can take it back. But I had ordered it for $1,100, and it was shipped to me. It arrived on a Saturday, and I didn't want to open it yet because my goal was to put this 49-inch Ultra wide Samsung CRG nine together with the computer that I've built that I haven't hooked up yet. And I left it sitting in the box. And then, you know, the decision was, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a segment for television and I'm going to do the segment on bigger is better. So, uh, this, this monitor sitting in the box, Gloria and I are, are in bed like four nights later, and we always scroll, scroll, and that's when we we do our shopping, right? And I'm looking, and wouldn't you know it? Amazon has it marked down about I want to say two hundred dollars off the price, and it was like nine ninety nine. Bought it for eleven ninety nine, and I'm thinking, oh, are you kidding me? So I get on chat with it, and I'm not, four days later, I'm get on chat with Amazon, and I'm, I'm talking to somebody, and I said. Yeah, I see the prices come down 200 bucks. They go, well, we don't offer price matching on our own products. Uh, and I said, well, what do I do? I mean, I, she said, you can return it. And then just buy, buy the one for $9.99. Same, same model, everything. And I'm thinking $200, that's a pretty big difference, right? So uh, I, I said, well, I'll think about it and decide what I want to do. So then I'm on Best Buy's site. And I see that they've got the same thing, the same price. It all came down within this four-day period. So I go on to Amazon. I go ahead and I say, I'm going to return it. They give me till, you know, next month to return it. And I, I go ahead and order the one on Best Buy. So that one gets shipped. And it came last Friday after a couple of delays. And again, for the same price, it was saving $200. That was worth it. And I get that in and on Sunday I open it up and I'm like, cool, I'm going to take it to the station tomorrow. So I put it, put it all together, put it back in a box, take it to the station, get to the station, take it out of the box, put it on the table, hook uh, everything up to it. I've already configured the screensaver. So it's going to look good and bring it home. I put it on my desktop, connect it up. And there's two red green lines going down the left side of it. Oh no. So it looked like, you know, there was a defect in the monitor. I'm thinking, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. 
right? And the other one's on the way back to Amazon at this point. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and take this to Best Buy. So yeah. I drive to the Best Buy, the one nearest me, and I get in there and they look at it, they take it, and they, they could see it on the side. I just never noticed it. But if you're watching the TV segment, you could see it, right? So uh, they go ahead and take it. And they said, well, we don't have any in stock. It's, uh, you're not going to get it until the 20th of this month. You know, we're talking, you know, uh, like 13 or 10 days away. So yeah. I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do here? They said, there is one. And it's in the Southwest side at the Irvington store. So I've got to drive all the way from Wentmore to Irvington to get it. But I thought, you know what? I want to have this. I want to, I want to get it all connected up. So they issue me a refund. Uh, and then purchase the one and they put a hold on it for the one in Irvington, the only one in Southern Arizona that, that it's available at. So I drive the 20 minutes to get there. I'm all excited. I get it loaded up in the car, you know, I bring it home. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm a whiz now at setting it up. I know how you set it up in the box, put the arm on it, put the base on it, then pull it out of the box, lift it up, put it on the table, hook up the digital port. Uh, and then I hook up the HDMI, I'm ready to go. I hit the, and then before I take the cover off the front of the monitor and I'm looking, I go, okay. And I pull the back and there I see the crease right down the middle. And I'm looking at it going, oh, that's not going to be good. You know, you know, when a monitor is defective, when you yeah. see that, that crease and I power it up, sure enough, there it is a big old burn mark right in the middle of the screen. I'm like, are you kidding me? The second one. <laughs> second one. So I had to pack it back up, drive it back. There's no more available. I get there and I tell, I, I, I told Justin, the manager there at Wetmore, and I, he's a great guy. And I just told him, I said, yeah, I'm going to cut my losses on this. So, um, you know, I'm not going to try it again, at least not for, not now. So I just get my refund. I come home, I hook my two 27 inch monitors and back to the That's old school sucks. way. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> but that's that's where I was at. It's the Best Buy in Irvington where the, they had this 3080. I'm thinking they're going to put it on the shelf or something. You know, oh they, they've got to. But um, 1400 bucks. No, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't get it. But if, if you can get the 3060 Ti for 400, that is a great deal. And you can do that through yeah. EVGA's website. Uh, it's they've got. It's called their. Uh, if you go to their home, their homepage, it's called their what are they called i don't even i can't see anymore uh you you sign up with your email for products that you want and they'll email you when they're in stock right and you can be on a priority list that you they give you a link it says you've got 24 hours to click on this and get this piece of equipment just like best but you know just like other vendors were doing at one point so my buddy ended up getting a, a better card and offered me up his old one so and that 3060 is still a great card especially when oh, you compare it to what you had and bounds i mean you know, I'd have to look at the benchmarking. It might not be a leap into outer space from my card, right? But it's going to be a significant increase. Yeah. Especially now that I've got, you know, when I upgraded my motherboard to the Asus Rock uh, motherboard, and I've got the, the the Ryzen 5800, and you know, I upgraded my computer. Now I just need something that's going to actually utilize all of the PCIe lanes and give me more power. Now, speaking of yeah. that, uh, the Ryzen processor, for anybody who, you know, because we talk a lot of Intel, that AMD uh, Ryzen processor you got is actually, it's, it, you didn't get the Ryzen 7, did you? I did, Ryzen 7 5400. 5, yeah, well, apparently now, and the step up, and I, I, I would have to, I have been in the Intel infrastructure for so long, but the AMD Ryzen 7 5800, X3D, uh, according to the folks at Wooftech, are saying that it is crushing Intel's fastest gaming chip, the i9-12900, uh, in uh, some of the gaming benchmarks. So AMD is, you don't want to definitely not look at them. There are some benefits no, to AMD no, as well. No, I'm, I'm telling people, until the market cools down, like AMD has always been the budget processor, right? Yeah. They kind of gained that, you want to go cheap but risk especially with their fx chips originally they were super high wattage they ran really hot and they were on over they were impossible to keep stable right system crashes all that stuff then they, then they got in the am4 socket which is the predecessor to the fx uh 
board, the socket type. And you saw a increase in stability. You saw heat, heat decrease and you saw competition with Intel chips. And now even more, you're seeing even more direct competition with higher end Intel chips that you didn't necessarily see before from AMD. Um, and, you know, when you think of a computer, most people think Intel because they're mark they, they've marketed the industry, right? They have marketing. They've had marketing. They've had that success in the industry for so long. Now you're starting to see market share trend to AMD. Um, and now with Apple building their own silicon, it's Intel has lost a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, that's a ton of money that isn't going to Apple anymore. Um, or isn't coming from Apple, I should say. Yeah. So you're seeing those people who maybe thought Intel just that was it are now looking at other cheaper options, especially when you saw a downturn in the economy and people still wanted chips and people were buying what was available. And then now, now you have AMD kind of having a resurgence. And with the new 5800 series from Ryzen, the Ryzen 7s, and I have a 3700, not a 5800. So okay. Yeah. I, I misspoke my, my processor. But still like, good. I know what I built, but I always forget what I built. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you ever are interested in what you're running on your machine at home, there's a, a, a software program called CPU-Z, CPU-Z, uh, that is a great diagnostic tool for your processor. It'll tell you everything about your, your processor. Um, it's a CPU, I, CPU-Z, uh, it's a great software. I use it. but So that's what I use to look it up, and it'll tell me everything I need to know about it. All right. We, we have to take a quick break. We come back. I want to find out what's the first game you're going to be playing. I'll tell you about a brand new game. And we've got an interview with one of the Grand Poobahs from that game, who's been a friend of the show for years, for the company that started here in Tucson. Uh, we'll do that when we come back with Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. Find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at Tech Talk Radio. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. All right, real quick, I want to mention, uh, coming up on the 20th of this month, the game Postal 4 No Regerts. Now, you might remember the game Postal. Uh, it caused a lot of controversy for its, well, for its really adult themes and violence. It's it's not one that if you're squeamish, you want to play. But I'll tell you this much. The game was kind of a lot of fun and had a, just it just had some silliness to it. And Vince Desi is the guy that created Running With Scissors, the company that created Postal, a company that started in Tucson. Uh, and the, the game actually uses the voices of a friend of mine, that works here in town uh, as a production director in radio, Rick Hunter, who was the original voice of the Postal Dude, as well as Corey Cruz, another production director from another station that I used to work with, and I've worked with Corey, which was cool, but also uh, jo John St. John, the original voice of Duke Nukem, is also one of the voices. Oh, let's go. You can kind of select between the three of them. Which is kind of neat, but uh, Ben's a not really cool the, guy. Not for the faint of heart, by no, any means. definitely oh, not. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be out on the 20th, uh, Postal 4, No Regerts. They actually are one of the few video games that became a movie. The movie was awful. It was. I went to the screening of it. It was not that great. And earlier this week, I got a chance to talk with Vince Desi. Vince, it's great to talk to you again. Hey, it's, it's been a while. It's always a pleasure. I'm actually truly an honor. Truly well, same here, Vince. And the Postal franchise continues the big day, April 20th. People are going to be able to get this on Steam, right? Correct. It's been in early access for about two years. And now what we call 1.0 release, which is the final release. But of course, anybody that knows us, we're actually still supporting Postal 2, which is 20 years old. Yeah. And we've actually still just not too long ago had, a, had an update for that. So it's just the way we operate. Um, you know, it's an open, Postal 4 is an open world game. So it's got, you know, endless possibilities, tons of things to do. But the real key is supporting a game like this. Because uh, that's, that's what continues to breathe new life into it. Bottom line is it's been a very positive response. And, uh, you, you know, it's really, you put a lot of effort into this. Yeah. And there's nothing better than hearing from fans say, hey, I get everything from social media, email, post, you know, text, phone calls. And for us too here, Vince, it's kind of a, a homegrown feel. Yeah, we're based in Tucson. 
Yeah, so, now, a lot uh, of a lot of people but, don't know that, Vince. I mean, it, the running with scissors got its start here in Tucson. Correct. In the first postal game, didn't you have like your your building? Like, is it wasn't the building where the headquarters were featured well, in the game? Our office at the time of Postal Two, as you came to Corporate Center, which is a river in Campbell, we had a big office there, uh, and, and we basically mocked it, and we had that in Postal Two. Both is our office. And there was a whole, the original postal was absolutely based on Tucson, also the, the classic town of Bisbee. <laughs> we actually went down, we actually went down to Bisbee and, and videotaped. Because as you know, I'm, I'm sort of been Bisbee, it's a very interesting landscape. I mean, you know, you'll be walking down the street, on your left is somebody's roof, and on your right is a staircase. So it's a very, really suited us well to make a, a runaround game, which is what the original postal was. And then also in the original postal, for fans that don't know, and by the way, we have the Davis Mountain Air Force Base. We've got trailer parks. We've got the um, ostrich farm. All these little kinds of Tucson, Arizona-ish things were in Postal 1. Postal 2 is you know, classically uh, you know, an Arizona guy who just wants to be left alone. And that would be the postal dude himself. Correct. Yeah. For our listeners who don't know the game, uh, and, and you know, it might be one of those. It might not be for everybody, but most of the people I know that have played it usually go, "You know what? That was just a lot of fun. They have a good time playing it with the new open world with Postal Four, no regrets. Uh, this is going to be kind of a, a chance for them to really let off some steam. Absolutely. Over the past couple of months, and actually throughout the so-called pandemic. We've had fans expressing themselves, even publicly on social media, about how Postal provided relief. Yeah. And, I mean, I spoke to psychologists, I spoke to psychologists, I've had had doctors order a dozen games to give to their patients. Because it is a vehicle, it's a cathartic experience, if you will, and it's really quite rewarding to think that we've done something which is not just artistic and a freedom of expression. But, I mean, my God, to think that people are playing and having fun, that's a great thing. That's the intention. And then, actually, it's helped people. I mean, every day I spend a good chunk of my day talking with fans. Because it's a living, breathing animal unto itself, and it's really a reflection of society, um, it, it just keeps going. You know, I mean, I never would have thought... You know, 25 years ago, we'd be here. How would you say, since Postal 2 to Postal 4, no regrets, how would you say it's kind of changed in the in the game design? Has it been made easier now with technology, or was it a little more intense to create this open world on it? Postal 2 was made, I think, using one point, version of Unreal Engine 1.7. Postal 4 is using 4 point something. I yeah. think that tells you that, that gives you an idea, the, the, the graphics intensity, et cetera. But also in terms of the capability, it definitely is easier to do more today than ever before. Well, and it certainly shows in the, the gameplay. And again, like you said, it's been early access with the official release date happening on the uh, the 20th of this month. Then a lot of people can look forward to it. They can get it uh, directly from Steam. Now, I got to say, I'm friends with your voices. I mean, number one, Rick Rick Hunter who has been a voice here in the Tucson market forever with the original Postal Dude. Corey Cruz, who I worked with over at KLPX, is a great guy. And then we had John St. John on the show not too long ago. These are all going to be voices that you can select which one you want your Postal Dude to sound like. Originally, the way Postal 4 uh, has been in development and has been promoted was with John St. John as the Postal Dude. All right. And he's, he's famous for being the voice to Duke Nukem. And what happened was we've been we've known that we wanted to add... I mean, the fans are fans want Rick Hunter, the mm-hmm. original Postal Dude. And there are fans that love Corey. And yeah. so we were working, I guess you could say, behind the scenes to with those guys. And we just announced that, you know, just last week. Because that that's a that that's just major. I mean, it's really fantastic. The response from the fans has been great. And what we did is we made it available immediately as an update. So for all the fans that you know purchased Postal Four early on, whether you know from when it was just Monday or or most recently at any stage of early access, 
we just released the the three voice option, and you know I didn't want to hold that back. I mean, people like, well, should we just release it as part of 1.0, 420? I said, no, no. You know, we, I never want to hold anything back from the, our fans. If we have it and we're going to go with it, let's do it. We we'll give it to everybody, and and it's the your fans love it. I mean, it's it's so classic. We've always promoted whomever our talent is. In other words, yes, there are some companies that just would actually refer to it that way and not. Yeah. But, you know, we, we look, Rick is fantastic. Corey is fantastic. And I, I, I just believe in giving people credit. Yeah. And it's that simple. And so, you know, the idea is, you know, we kind of said something like voice options or however you want to call it. No, no, look, let's, let's, look, we're all about giving the fans what they want. To the degree that if, if it's possible, I say do it. You know, it's, it's really, that's what it comes down to. I mean, what a blessing. We've got the greatest fans in the world. That's it. What I love, too, is uh, fans can go to the website, and those that haven't, you know, maybe haven't had a chance to become a fan yet, and they will, they go to runningwithscissors.com. Uh, Mike was Mike was doing a podcast. He's done it since, what, 2016? That is still available up there, and now they just did an episode yeah. last month. Are we going to see more of that? We've got different people on the team joining him. I, I guess you would say the general theme is gaming, but knowing Mike and just the way everything is today, it's not political, uh, but, you know, it's more social commentary on just everything in general yeah. with, with, a common, with a common ground of entertainment slash gaming. And, and by the way, the website make it life easier is if people just go to gopostal.com. Uh, now, they're going to be able to play Postal 4 No Regrets on... Which platforms? Pretty much everything, right? Well, initially, initially it'll be on PC, and we are going to be having, we're in development on, on PlayStation 4 5, and we'd love to have it on Xbox, and we will actually, it'll be available in the Microsoft Store for PC, and we're hoping to get Microsoft approval uh, so that we could put it on the Xbox platform. It's, it's our intention, it's our desire, it's even all in the works. Um, it just gets a little, you know, as you proceed and people don't understand there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in terms of regulation and BS mm-hmm. and a lot of BS yep. you know, and a lot of money. Look, at this point, it's 25 years. My attitude is we, you know, we won in the Supreme Court. You know, we won the trademark battle. It is what it is. It's a game. It's fun. And people can check it out again. GoPostal.com. Vince Desi, as always, great to talk to you. And I, I you know, wish you continued success. Are are we going to see, like, maybe a, a sequel to the movie? Actually, there is an independent documentary in the works, and that's called Going Postal, The Legacy. You can look that up, too. Oh, uh, that's wow. on outside or just on its own. Going Postal, <clears throat> The Legacy. And that is, it's interesting. These folks, these indie folks approached us. They're doing a documentary on the company, the brand, everything. So it's, it's really wild. I mean, it really is wild. I mean, it's just because, again, the game itself, the brand has its place in history, unlike any other game. True. It's 25 years, Andy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, my hair is not as black as it used to be. I don't know about you, Tom. <laughs> what I got left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yeah. comment. Yeah. No that, comment. that is awesome. Well, Vince, once again, uh, gopostal.com. Thank you. Congratulations on this, uh, this you know, full-on launch on the 20th. And we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Absolutely, pal. Listen, I'll be back in about a month. Looking forward. You take care. The best to the audience. God bless everybody. You as okay, well. Bye. There you go from uh, Running With Scissors, the uh, mind behind Postal 4, no regrets. Vince Desi, it was cool to be able to talk with him again. Now, speaking of games, Sean, is there a game, like we've got this 3060 Ti, or thir- GTX 3060, it's not a Ti, but you got this coming in. Uh, is there a game you really want to try more than anything once you get Flight this? Flight Sim VR? Oh, man. Yeah, that'd anything be Anything in VR. Like, uh, I, I know that uh, hopefully... I'll have some time in the future when you send me that wheel. Yes. As a matter of fact, I've been sitting in the other room so you can check uh, that out. The I, wa- I want to do, I want to play uh, dirt uh, either, you know, beam NG or dirt rally uh, and do it VR. Cause it's going to just be, I'm going to be able to do so much more with the quality of the VR now with the 3060 than I am with the 1070. So, all right, that's going um, out this week. So the T T248 is a phenomenal. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, but if anything in VR, really, um, I mean, 
I'm not really playing any graphic intensive games. I, I really don't have time right now. Yeah. Also, um, I think if anything, uh, uh, the next game I'm going to be playing is the the new ladder season for Diablo 2 is coming out. Uh, the remaster uh, that's going to be fun. I'm going to play that. Now, do a lot um, of those those games like the you know the the real world multiplayer online games? Uh, do they really tax your graphics a bit? It, it depends. Like if you're doing the, the 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 end game content for like World of Warcraft or stuff like that, and you have like your spell effects turned all the way up, and everybody else's spell effects turned all the way up, and the environment turned all the way up, and you know you're you know you're trying to run it. 120 frames per second or whatever. Yeah. You can tax it. Like my 1070 has no problem doing all that. Right. Right. So, um, but it also looks decent without all that turned on. Right. So you're just, you're just doing it for a lure at that point. So, uh, that's going to be fun. All right. Now I wanted to mention something I didn't mention earlier. We were talking about Samsung Odyssey CRG nine monitor and they, uh, you know, I kind of left off the fact that they have one and this one was 120 Hertz. They have one that's 240 hertz. That's a couple hundred dollars more. Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention is they've got a neat bit of technology in there. Like I had two 27-inch monitors, right, which I'm back to now. You can actually simulate that. If you have two outputs of your video card, you can simulate that with that 49-inch ultra-wide. So you actually have two 27-inch screens, both in high definition. It's very easy with a with a little button underneath the, the device. So I'm my experience has hasn't been great only because of the models that we got in. Um, and like I said, I'm gonna give it another shot. Uh, maybe after a little while, maybe now I'll save up instead, get this 3060 that uh, from uh, uh, EVG, v, EVGA, which sounds like it has a great price, and then invest in another monitor system down the line. But man. Yeah, so I think I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the video card. That's for sure. That's going to be cool. You got to give us a, an update next week. If you're able to step in and, and Oh yeah. I, maybe I we shouldn't to... tell Justin and that's <laughs> not. And then I can drop it on him and I can just, I'll show it to him. Be like, perfect. Oh, you remember this? And I'll show him the 1070. He'll be like, wait, why do you the 1070 out of the box? Uh, perfect. We'll take another quick break. We'll come back. A website of the week will kind of uh, give you a couple of ideas you want to take a look at. That's on the way with Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Shonda Weird. We'll be right back. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Hi, this is Colin Mockery of Whose Line Is It Anyway? You're listening to Tech Talk Radio. I don't know how it works. It's all magical stuff to me. So we talked about this before, but we have a really, really cool website for you to check out. We talked about uh, CPU-Z, which is a, a software that can re- read your computer, tells you what processor you have, motherboard, socket size, all that stuff. So if you ever want to know what you're running on your machine, go to CPUID.com. That's CPUID.com and download CPU-Z. Uh, it's a great, really fast. It, it doesn't, it's very minimally invasive uh, it just you load it it tells you hey this is the process you have this is what wattage it is this is how much power it's using this is your graphics card this is how much memory you have and you can read all these specs about all of your stuff well it kind of tell you all... your motherboard as well like what what type yeah, of board it'll tell me what my motherboard is it, but then they also have what's called hardware monitor that will give you your fan speeds your temperatures your your voltages it, it'll give you everything you need and they also have a benchmark benchmark software, which will do a burn in, which is like stress out your processor and your GPU to kind of give you a good benchmark. So CPUID.com, uh, it's free. You can pay for the pro version of hardware monitor if you want, but the, the basic version is free. Uh, I run it because I always forget what I'm running in my machines, right? Yeah, so yeah. if I load it and I'm running an AMD Ryzen 7 3700X, codename Matisse, socket AM4, it's... Seven nanometer technology, core voltage 1.4 volts. I mean, it just it runs through everything that you need to know. It tells me what it's doing right now, how many socket, how many cores, how many threads, uh, and I can look at my my main my main board is an X570 Aurora's Elite Wi-Fi PCI Express 4.0. I mean, it's just all right there, right? Now, so this, if you're, this could this could be handy if somebody is thinking I want to upgrade, but I don't have the infrastructure to upgrade my motherboard. So they know what board they have. They know how far they can. They can do the research online and know where they can go in the next step of a process. Right. So what's what's great is like you could take this information. And I did this before when I had my old motherboard, which was uh, an Intel. And I knew taking the information from CPU-IZ, 
CPU ID, I was able to go into PC Part Picker and filter out what processors fit in that socket. Perfect. Yeah. So then I got the highest end processor for that, which was an i7-3300, and there we went. All right. And one more I want to definitely recommend. Uh, You mentioned EVGA, that website. If somebody is really looking to upgrade their graphics card, also CPU ID could tell you if you learn the motherboard, what you can take, because you can't, you can't always just upgrade your graphics card. If you're not upgrading that infrastructure, as far as the motherboard, you may not be able to, it may not be able to fit. It may not work with that, or your power supply may have uh, limitations. So it's good to know everything about your computer. This would be a good way, but what is the website address for the EVGA? EVGA.com. You made it easy. That's it for this week's Tech Talk Radio. Uh, We'll be back next week. Hopefully all three of us will be able to uh, be here with you. In the meantime, I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. Have yourselves a great week.